Are we ready? I've got so much to share with you. But hopefully this series will end by next week, maybe. Are you ready? Father, thank you for all the prophetic words. Thank you for using us this way. Let more people encounter your glory. Thank you for those that you've connected us with online, that are inspired by our messages, our essence. Thank you because you're bringing more people. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you. That the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Because though your beginning was small, your, your end will be much greater, will be much larger. Thank you, Lord. Our hearts and minds are open to receive your word now. Receive it with faith, meekness of heart, open hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. So, he's been working on you before today, and everything has been going on, right? And throughout the service, he's going to be going on like that. Just filling you with more of him, more of him, more of him. And it's necessary the shift that is going to happen in terms of the way I'm going to reorder, in terms of even my availability during the week. We'll just do some things because you can be debating to do something. That's fine. But what the Spirit of God says, okay, now it's actually that I'm going to do it. Just do it. So I'm trusting him. One thing I've learned to do is to walk blindly. That's what I call walking by faith. Walk blindly. Just, just be moving. All you can see is maybe the vision or the words that he has given you. Only the prophetic word. You don't know how it's going to come about. You don't even have the help yet. The people are not with you yet. But you have these words. God has given you a word about your, your editing and, and things before, hasn't he? Yeah. Go back to them. Whenever you feel discouraged in life, go back to the prophetic words God has spoken. Whenever you feel like you're, maybe you're confused, you don't, go back. I've done that many times. And then I'm filled with hope again. To try again. To keep going. It's a cold world. It gets tough. But try. Look in me. You see hope. Okay. What is the hope going to put our message? As quick as possible. We learned so much. We learned about the wisdom of God. Today I want to major in talking about unification by the Spirit. One mind by the Spirit. I want to talk a bit on meditation. The importance of meditation. What really is meditation? How does it work? What's the power? Should I meditate? What does it look like? Okay, and what would it do for me? Now, I remind you, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 4. I want you to see some things that are there. Thank you, Jesus. Very filled with faith. Very filled with faith. 
Well, there, right? So, from verse 4, let me start reading to you. It says, And my speech and my preaching was not with. Funny things are up here. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He says, Paul chose this kind of ministry of demonstration of the Spirit. This is a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God, in the ability of God, in God's ability to do things. He wants your faith to be in that. However, we speak wisdom. We speak a certain kind of wisdom amongst those that are perfect, amongst those that are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. For your humility, the Lord will exalt you even more. For your humility, the Lord will exalt you even more. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. He says that there is a hidden wisdom, which God ordained before we were in this world, before the world itself, unto our glory, that there was something that we will come to understand, establish, that will glorify and beautify our lives, that will cause that we shine. And I said that this wisdom is hidden first in prayer, when you primarily pray in tongues. I'm going to pray right after this. When you pray in tongues, you're speaking the wisdom of God. You tap into this, this, this thing. And I said you can ask God for an interpretation so that it now relates to your mind. You can now live out that wisdom. So what happens when a prophetic word comes to you? It's because I've been speaking in tongues and, and the Spirit of God is communicating this wisdom that is for your glory, that is for your shining, that is for your promotion. So I say, Lord, what does it mean? What does it mean? What are you telling me about this person? Then he puts it and relays it to my mind so that I can express it in words that you understand. Then you are edified. That's what we call prophecy. So 1 Corinthians 14 tells us that we should not only aim to just have spiritual gifts, but we should prophesy. Not just speak and talk, but we should prophesy. Why? Because in the prophetic, there is edification for the person that you're prophesying to. You understand? So if I just tell you, oh, and that's you don't understand what I'm saying. But it's a huge blessing. There's something I'm communicating. But you don't get it because it's not being translated to a language you understand. So he says, seek to prophesy so that you will edify the one that is listening to you. You'll be able to help them. That's why he says to prophesy. That's why, so some people are like, oh, I should only seek prophecy. No, he's trying to say that there's a reason behind that gift. Somebody can understand what you're saying and now he can be blessed by it. Because he knows now to say, amen. He knows, say, I receive. You see? Now, we speak that wisdom in the mystery. And it's first in prayer. And I showed you that. And I told you that the deeper things of life are in the illogical. Things that don't make sense. A magician says, Abrakadu, Abrakadi. A magician says, open sesame. Something, somebody says, he chants something and it seems to have a greater power than the one that he just said, oh, oh, door open, this, that, and the other. So the point is that the deeper things of life, the things that actually have power, don't make sense. They look mysterious. They look weird, like speaking in tongues. How can, so, how can, I was just thinking about it. You know, because as I was speaking in tongues and I was pacing the floor, I just thought, and I'm fond of doing this, I just imagine myself from, you know, another person from outside just looking inside, just like, this guy just pacing for, what, what, what's up with the guy, you know? Just speaking this guy all by himself. No, yeah, he's nothing. He's not jammed to anything. See? But the deeper things of life are in those things that make no sense. 
that God chose the foolishness of preaching. He knows that you look like a fool. That's is in this thing. He knows that you look like a fool when you preach, but he chose that to confound the wise. He likes to use things that people uh, that that humble the proud people. People that feel they must keep their ego and their pride. They pray. They pray with pride. Those Lord Father God, uh, we pray for. Um, you're, you're praying with pride. This word of God can't, can't talk to you because you're too, if that's your natural self, okay. But if you're too held in yourself, your image is too in front of you for the Son of God to you know, actually show up there and be the one that you're looking at. Mm. God saved people from pride. So, that's where the deeper things are. And the best part about speaking in tongues is we don't have to cram anything. We don't have a book about cram 200 codes for this and this. The Holy Spirit says, open your mouth and I'll fill it. Acts chapter 2, verse 8. And this is very important you know, for you since we're going to be praying soon. Acts chapter 2, verse 8. God believes in me. He believes in me. You believe in me. Acts chapter 2, verse 8. And how, and how hear we every man in our own tongue where we were born? Okay. And we're going to read to 2 verse 8 to 10. So it says, How hear we every man in, in our own tongue where we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, Cappadocia, in Pontus, in Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in parts. So this was a mystery. As to keep, they were speaking in tongues. The disciples were speaking in tongues after being filled with the Holy Spirit. But each of these different tribes and languages were hearing an interpretation to them. We're hearing their language being spoken to them. So it was a mystery. It was a mystery. Go to chapter 1. So let's say chapter before this. And let's go to verse 4. 4 to 8. It tells us, And being assembled together, commanded them that they should not depart. Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? This is some very deep stuff. Right? About the kingdom of God and some things. But it says, And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times and the seasons which God has put in his power. Verse 8, But you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive ability. You will receive ability when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. Meaning you are better than what you were before the moment the Holy Spirit steps into your life. What should you make your life's plea now be about? It's knowing what did the Holy Spirit add to my life? What should I not complain about anymore since the Holy Spirit has come into my life? What should I not worry about anymore since the Holy Spirit is here? You know, you can have the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, and live in denial of Him. That everything you do seems to reflect as though He's not there. Is it just because He's not seen? Because He's not a physical being? I told you that the deeper and greater blessings of life are unseen. Thoughts, ideas, visions. It starts like that. Can you see the thought? No. Can you see the vision? Not necessarily. You're trying to imagine in a world that you can't see. Anyway, the mind is a spiritual thing. We can't point where in your brain the mind is. The brain is only reflecting 
what is happening in this invisible part. You see? So the deeper things are, are, are spiritual. Now it says, you receive ability when the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, on the most part of the earth. He's saying that you will not be able to be an effective witness of me without the ability the Holy Spirit gives you. So as a Christian, your most important personality beyond your family and, and everybody around you is the Holy Spirit. Why? He gives you ability to live out what Jesus has called you to be. Who you really are. Without him, you'll be confused. You'll not know when you're, you're stepping away too far from his plan for your life. And I said, if God is going to be the one to judge everything, if Jesus is going to be the one to judge everything, is it not better to live his plan? That's just business. It's better to live what he wants for you. So, 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 there is wisdom of God in prayer. And he says, we, the Holy Spirit enables this. He enables this. Go to the next one, chapter 2. I want you to see how they spoke in tongues because a lot of people get this confused. Right? Before we enter, let's have stuff about meditation. He says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all assembled in one place. All opening here as well. Just give me a second. We'll be there right about now. So we see it together. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. I wouldn't be surprised if these tongues of fire were not actually seen visibly, like physically. I wouldn't be surprised. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. I want you to note this, the order of things. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Not the Spirit did something to them and they spoke. People are waiting for the Spirit of God to move them and then they will speak. As soon as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak. They responded by faith. Jesus told them, Mark noted it, that these signs will follow those who believe in me. They'll cast out devils. They'll heal the sick. But amongst everything, they said they will speak in new tongues. So the disciples were already expecting this to happen. So as soon as the Holy Spirit came down, they didn't wait for nobody to tell them that, oh, this is the time. They began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them contrast. Speaking in tongues is powerful, but it must be under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Which is why I pray for people, I say, there's going to be an impartation now. And I want you to speak in tongues by faith on the basis of this impartation. And people who are able to just separate their logic, separate their minds, leave all reasoning. Stop trying to do it the correct way now. Allow the Holy Spirit guide. They flow immediately. They flow immediately. See? It's very easy to follow God. And we're all filled with the Spirit. So I want you to see that He doesn't need us to memorize something. He just needs us to speak by faith. He says, speak those words. With time, I'll take charge of them. I'll correct them. I'll freeze them rightly. They'll communicate what I need them to communicate. So it's interesting. First Corinthians chapter 2. 
First Corinthians chapter 2. We'll read from verse 6. Oh, thanks, my bro. From verse 6, it says, We speak this wisdom amongst those who are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. Alright? Not the wisdom of this world, not the prince of this world that come to nothing. It says, if you're only wise about the world's things, it'll come to nothing. Your life will be empty eventually. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak it in tongues, that's what he's saying. Even the hidden wisdom is hidden. Nobody knows about it. Which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He says they couldn't seek Jesus for who he truly was when he said he was the Son of God because they lacked the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is perceptive. When you have the wisdom of God in you, you start to see like God. Wisdom is like a force in you. When you see a wise person, they, they make calculated decisions. See, there's, there's something, it's like there's a higher intelligence controlling them. Wisdom is an intelligence. It's perceptive. So if the princes of this world knew, if they had the wisdom of God, if they knew this wisdom of God, remember, if they had known it, if they had had fellowship with this wisdom, remember what I thought about Adam? Adam knew his wife and she begot. So if they had a fellowship with this wisdom, they were cut off from this wisdom. They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't see him like that. They saw him like an ordinary man of Galilee who was speaking blasphemies. Verse 9, the best part. But as it is written, I has not seen, not yet heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. He says, nobody can imagine the great things, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. He says, there's a reward for loving God. He has prepared things for them that love him, not those that pray the most, but them that love him, just by loving him, he has prepared certain things for you. It's beautiful to love God. Loving God. Serving Him. It says, but God has revealed. Okay, okay, okay. But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. I want you to see that. Now, the word revelation comes from what? The word reveal. When something is revealed to you, you now what? Know it. Meaning you have a fellowship with it. So he says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it hasn't entered into the heart of, of man what God has planned for those that love him. Alright? But he has revealed, he has made it known to us through the Spirit. He has made the fellowship of that wisdom possible through his Spirit. Did he, did he get the thought I, I passed across? He has revealed it to us by his Spirit, meaning he has made us able to know about that wisdom by his spirit for the spirit searches all things the deep things of God the hidden plans of God some will say oh what God keeps to himself and this 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 but he says the spirit of God is actually able to search the deep things of God God is a mystery to those who don't know him to those who don't have his spirit but he says the spirit of God is able to reveal the deep things of God to us for what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. He says the spirit knows more about the physical than the physical can never know about itself. This, your spirit knows more about you. Your spirit is intelligent, which is why when you receive the Holy Spirit, 
He merges with your spirit. He comes in, he comes in contact with your spirit. He becomes one with your spirit. Says he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So now that you're one with the Holy Spirit, you are one with the ability of God. What God can do, you can do because you do it in his name. You're one with his spirit. The spirit is his essence. What is a spirit able to do? A spirit is not limited by physical things. So that's why Jesus, when he was in that glorified body, the Bible says he, he came through the wall and appeared unto them. He had lost all touch with this physical. He said, there are, there are things that I will, I will show you, but they will look like a madness. But sometimes he just had to show what he truly was able to do. So one time the disciples left him. You know? Because he had gone to the mountain to pray and they went in their boat to the other side. The Bible says he just finished praying, came to the land, and Uber was not available. Boat was not available. All the taxi services have vacated. So what did he do? He said, I might as well just defy nature. And he walked on water. What was it about him? What was he even showing us by walking on water? Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What was Jesus trying to show us by walking on water? Could he have been trying to show us who he truly was? Are you following what I'm saying? He says, these things have not been seen before, but they have been revealed to us by the Spirit. For the Spirit searches the deep things of God. Verse 12, let's see that. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but we have received the Spirit which is of God, that we might know. And I said, anywhere you see this word know, it means that we might have a fellowship with the things that have been freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things we also speak. That's what I want you to notice. That we have a fellowship with this, but we speak these things. And that's how entering meditation. Not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So you're in a spiritual lesson now. That's all we're dealing with spiritual things. But the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. So any natural, carnal person that you meet and you explain all of this, he's like, what kind of confused word are you giving him? Because it makes no sense to him. He says, they are foolishness unto him. It's nonsense. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Which is why one of the things to be thankful for, thank the Holy Spirit that you're able to see the truth of the Bible and it makes sense to you and you appreciate it. Because there are people that genuinely would read this stuff and it's like, what are you saying? It makes no sense. It's not adding up. But he says, they're spiritually discerned. Meaning the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to understand them. The ability to relate with them and use them. He says, but he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have the understanding of God. It's amazing. It's amazing. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 11. I went through a bit of this, but I, 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 
there's a there's a fullness of the spirit now. So I'm showing you this. He says, Woe to them that rise up early, only to follow after strong drink. It's cursed that day. That they would rise to follow strong drink. That continue until morning, till the wine inflame them. Can you see that? That they may follow strong drink. That continue until night, till wine inflame them. Now, when the Holy Spirit came down and they were speaking in tongues, the people said, these people must be drunk. Because they're just speaking this crazy language. For some reason, we can hear them in our native tongue. We can hear them speaking Bemba. Nyanja. Huh? They were hearing in their language, they say, you need to repent. Are you, are you following? That's what they were hearing. But they could tell that they were speaking something, but they were staggering. There was something about the way they were moving. I know I have many Zambia fans and followers now. Yeah. Yes, the Instagram is that. So they would have these interpretations to them, and they, but they look drunk. Now it says, there's something about it. The fire of God, there's a lot you're going to learn. So it says, they continue in strong drink now. Speaking in tongues, I'm going to have a sermon on this, but speaking in tongues is a way of drinking of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says we've all been made to drink of one spirit. It's in the book of Ephesians. Right? It's called the new wine of the Holy Spirit. And when you speak in tongues, how, how does it work to get drunk? You have to keep going. You see? Just like it is with wine. He says, be not drunken with wine, where is it? Where is excess, debauchery, unsaveness, but be filled with the Spirit. Meaning, the same way that you get, you know, filled and drunk with wine. He says, don't do that anymore. Now that you're spiritual and you're a Christian, start getting filled with the Spirit. So, maybe you have an addiction to alcohol, to drugs, to something. He says, instead of investing yourself in that activity, start speaking in tongues. I remember a brother of mine. He said, very funny because I only have one Bible brother in it. But he was explaining to me how he overcame a particular addiction. And he said that anytime the thought or the, the, the urge or anything would come up, he would just start to speak in tongues. He would just start to speak in tongues. If he was getting too serious, he would speak in tongues more. He just put some more energy, some more force. And when he would do that, it was like the Spirit of God would just get him in control. Get him in control. Why? Because the fire of God is in speaking in tongues. What does the fire of God do? There's so much for touching. The fire of God purges you. It keeps you clean. One thing I know, if you really want to make rapture, pray. If you really want to make heaven, pray. We pray. Life becomes so much easier. Because fighting these temptations, trying to use your mind. I'm trying not to think that thought. I'm trying not to think that thought. It's too much. Speak in tongues. Allow the Holy Spirit charge you up. And he says, if you continue long enough, he says, they continue until night, till the wine inflame them. Meaning that the flame would come from the start. Meaning when you start speaking in tongues, it may look like it's not powerful yet. But if you continue, if you continue, if you continue, if you continue, as you press in for more, as you keep speaking in tongues, there's an influence. It starts to take a hold of you. You see? And then it will get to a point where it's as though the tongues are now being generated from somewhere else. You're not even putting in that much effort. But it's, I mean, for me, personally, it gets to a point where it's as though if you stop, 
you are sinning. That's how it feels for me. It's like you just want to continue. You're tired. Your, your physical body could be tired. But your mouth just wants to keep going. You want to keep speak, speaking in tongues. He says, which wisdom we speak? So we keep speaking that, that wisdom. We keep speaking those tongues. God wants you to be wise. That's why he's big on wisdom. But his wisdom, not just the world's wisdom. The world's wisdom can teach you to cheat somebody. God's wisdom tells you love instead. That love always wins. Only God's wisdom talks like that. The world's wisdom says, don't worry, set a trap for the person. Do it like this. God's wisdom says, love, show care. Only in God's book and in God's wisdom do you find, he says, those who are doing you wrong, just keep doing good to them. That it will be like heaping coals of fire on their head. Only God's wisdom thinks like that. God's wisdom thinks love. It thinks mercy. You understand? So, the Bible says we are restrained by the Spirit from acting in certain ways sometimes. That's why you may, you may want to really do something, but the Spirit holds you back. The Bible says the love of God constrains us. It holds us. Making heaven, there are a bunch of keys. I've mentioned some things. Prayer. Right? Making the rapture. Prayer. Prayer will help the love of God increase. The love of God is an assurance of heaven. If you can allow the love of God increase in your life, you will make it. Loving God, an addiction to God. To just be about His things. Love is, is very powerful. Love overlooks wrong. Love overlooks imperfection. Love overlooks so much. Love wins always. First Corinthians 13. Always. Alright. Good. So, they thought they were drunk as they received the Holy Spirit because they were speaking in this language and because it takes over you, because it takes over you, you know, you may be staggering, you may be making certain movements, but the fire of God is getting enkindled and everything is in increasing amounts. The more you continue, the hotter that fire burns. It's not a physical feeling. It's not always like that. Let me tell you, when you start to, when you start out with the anointing, God will help you with many feelings just to help you, to keep you encouraged. Very encouraged. Oh, you'll be feeling it. Oh, just, just, your hands are hot. Oh, sometimes you just feel, you know, just feel powerful. But as you mature in faith, he says, I want you to depend less on your senses. I want you to know that I am still there, even though you don't feel it. That's how he starts to train you. See? And, and that's the issue with the like, you know, one time I was watching a YouTuber and he was saying, yeah, you know, my friend God saying all of that, you know, I feel this warmness and this everything, everything, but I don't know. Um, after a while, uh, I, I just, you know, it was as though God wasn't as present. But that's what happened with Gideon. And if you read your Bible, you'd actually figure that that's what happened. The Bible says that Gideon, an angel appeared to him while he was sitting by a tree and said, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Then Gideon, I said, Nigeria, that he is. Okay. But Gideon said something. He said, if the Lord has been with me, where are all the miracles I'm meant to see? He said, don't worry. Go in this your strength and you will win. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord disappeared from his sight. Important. Didn't leave him. But to the natural man, to the physical person, the angel of the Lord has gone. Left him. But it only went out of his sight. That's how it is with a lot of people. The things I'm telling you, oh, they're deep and they're true. And people need to know. 
God is very much with you. Because the Bible, in the next verse, the Bible says, and the Spirit of God spoke to Gideon. Meaning that the Spirit never left him. Only what? Disappeared out of his sight. And he says, we walk by faith and not by sight. What is faith? Faith is the word of God's report. The word of God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So, I know God is with me always. Not because I feel him. Not because I have seen him. Not because of a vision. But because his word says so. Learn to live by the word. It's a choice. Alright. Cool. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. I know we've been in Corinthians. We're about 30 Timothy. And I think I'll wrap it up there. But 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 to 31. I want you to see who is Christ. Who is Christ? What is Christ to you? Kenny Fungradina Lekos Abaja, Faki Zepranidila Gasuze, Penny Boosters. Lord, keep your people. Yep. It tells us, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God, Christ, is made unto us wisdom. So we say, Christ is my wisdom, He's my intelligence. Righteousness. Christ is my righteousness. I am a good person because I have Christ. And I'm living out that righteousness. He's my sanctification. That's why I'm holy. When somebody is sanctified, it's holy. Meaning it's separated unto God. And that's what happens when you're born again. He's my redemption. He's my salvation. My payment in full. I'm not the devil's property. I'm God's property. Redemption. To buy back in full. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, whoever boasts, let him boast in the Lord. That's what glory means. To boast in God. You see? So now, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Would I be able to touch it? Because I sense that your attention spans are just about to touch that point where it's like, well, now let's wrap up the next one. 2 Timothy 3, 15. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, thank you, Bela Kozataya. 3.15, it tells us, And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I told you, there's the world's wisdom, and then there's God's wisdom. And it says that from a child, Timothy knew the scriptures, this, these scriptures that you're reading which are able to make you wise. I'm not here by mistake. When I tell you that I'm not here by mistake, it's because I made intentional efforts. My parents helped me, first of all. Of course. Like, they helped all of us. Go to church, read your Bible. But even if they didn't help you, and they didn't encourage you, now that you know, he says, read the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise, but not just any kind of wisdom. Wisdom that pertains to salvation. Now, some people think wisdom that pertains to salvation means, oh, okay, so it's just only about salvation. No, salvation is a huge thing. Salvation is life. So wisdom that pertains to life, the God life that he wants you to live, through faith. He says the Holy Scriptures will teach you faith. You know, and I pray really for business people, celebrities, rich people, songwriters, Artists, choir. I pray that 
you don't get so much studio time and everything that you don't read the Bible for yourself. I'm genuinely concerned for a lot of ministers. You can get so busy in the church thing that you really don't have time to study the scriptures yourself. I have fallen prey to things like that. And whenever, what I do, I just calculate the hour, you just, one day you just load yourself into a session. Whenever you sense that you're going too far from your Bible, start, just find a way. Because if you don't keep increasing in wisdom, foolishness will creep in. That's how it happens. So, you're too used to studio time. You're getting paid from this music. The next thing you know, you start to make songs and you don't know when you departed from the scriptures. You start to sing lyrics and things. They are godly. Because you, you've said gospel and everything is godly, right? But you will not realize that you're saying things that are very inconsistent with scripture. A good way to help yourself, have a Bible study session before you write your songs. Read the Psalms, read Proverbs. With business. Oh yes, everybody's trying to do Elon Musk, 24-7 work ethic. I read him too. But never be so busy, you can't read the scriptures. Everybody has free time. Everybody has a time where at least they can get five minutes, ten minutes. I say, try an hour a day if you can do it. Thirty minutes a day. Try. Or if your week is too busy, find a way. Find a day where you give a prolonged period. There are many ways to structure your life. I'm very, very good at, at, at planning and, and organizing stuff. That's why I can give you different ways. If you can do an hour a day of Bible study, great. 30 minutes a day? Or if things get very busy, have a day when you really soak into the Word. You get into it very well. If you're a think person, I mean, I'm a think person, meaning I like to, if, I, if I'm focusing on this, then okay, this is what I'm doing. How to focus on this? Let me focus on school. Let me focus on. See, I move in those phases. But find what works for you. Because the scriptures are able to make you wise. You become a wise person. Just because they say, oh, you're not smart, you're not this, you're not intellectual, you're not. That's not the end of the road. Become wise. Why or how? By reading the scriptures. Last scripture I'll read for today. Yes, and I'll show you major revelation. We'll start next one until major revelation. Joshua, who's learned some things about speaking in tongues? Learn some things here and there about speaking in tongues? Right. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Last scripture. And I'd like to we'll read it in the KJV and in the Amplified Classic. Success, success. Barakuni le fuste. I said this wisdom we speak. He says, this book of the law, Joshua, should not depart out of your mouth. This, this book of the law, Jay, this book of the scriptures, this holy Bible, Samuel, should not depart out of your mouth. But you should meditate therein day and night. He says, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written in it. For therein thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. He says, if you want to have good success, what is the difference between success and good success? Good success is success that God approves of. Not every successful thing God approves of. God does not just want it to be a success. He wants it to be a good success. A good success is success that he approves of. Success is just achieving something. You can succeed in reading your Bible. You can succeed in going into the wrong industry. You can succeed in a degree. But good success is success he approves of. Is God proud of your achievements? Questions we don't ask. You are celebrated by men. Does God celebrate you? 
Is he happy with the things that you have done with your life? So God says that you're not going to have good success except you learn to meditate on my word. My word will keep you down the right path of righteousness. Prophecy and the power of prophecy is not just prayer. I look at you, I see, where are you in the Bible? That's it. That's it. Especially at this time, you know, take advantage of, of the scriptures. Try, read, study, you know, pray. Very important, have a balance of the two. So he says, Joshua, don't stop talking the word. Don't stop thinking about the word. Meditation is to think, to ponder, to juggle in your mind. That's how revelation comes. Meditate on the scriptures day and night. He says, do it as often as you can. Day and night means every time. But what he's trying to emphasize, as often as you can. Think about the scriptures. Okay? And he says, so that you'll be able to do. He says, what you think about, you will do. So if you think about it day and night, you'll be able to do according to all that is written inside of it. That's how you fulfill the word of God. And that way, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So he says, success doesn't happen by magic. This good success has to come from a prosperous way. What I'm teaching you now, very important. He says, you make your way prosperous. Meaning God also cares about how you go about your success. You can have a very good result that maybe you should be proud of. But the way that you went about it is discontinued. He doesn't like it. There is a way. There is a path. If you go through fraudulent means, you know, I'm concerned for some people, but God, God is help. He helps them. Fraudulent business. They scammed, 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 scammed. Became rich and they repented. It's bad. I know we say God is merciful. You know, and he'll forgive them. Of course, I believe that. But don't make your life like that. A prosperous way would lead to good success. Think about the scriptures. So you have to talk intentionally. The scriptures. Oh, Christ is my wisdom. Meaning I'm not that. Christ is my wisdom. I'm not dumb. Christ is my sanctification. I'm not a dirty person. If people were meditating on Christ is my sanctification, they would not, they would not be half as dirty as they are. Christ is my righteousness. If you think about it often, you would stay on that path. Night of that day. These are important things.